Good evening to you. It's Friday, February 17th at 6.45. Uh, if you're a Purdue fan, you've had a day to reflect. Think a bit about what you saw last night. Maybe you've, your thoughts have gone to a different place like mine have about what can be done to rectify the problem. Somebody commented yesterday in the post game saying uh, they didn't want to uh, talk about a problem without having a solution. I like that. I like that type of thinking. I think that's good. I think it starts dialogue, right? It starts people uh, getting together and talking. Even if it doesn't affect the entire thing, I love the conversation. I think it's a good, good thing. I'm going to talk to you about what I think might help Purdue. I also want to talk a little bit about why there might not be any reason to take action right now. But before I get into it, let me thank our pals from Martin Vintage. Head over to Martin Vintage right after this podcast, right after this quick cast is over. MartinVintage.com. Throw a t-shirt and a sweatshirt and another t-shirt into your, your virtual basket. Enter Boiled at checkout. Get 15% off. Got some good stuff there. And when you're on campus this Sunday for the Ohio State game, Purdue tips off at 1 o'clock, go to AJ's on Vine. You'll get burgers, beer, beef, TVs. Good people taking care of you. You will leave smiley. You will leave, like me, cheery with a generally sunny disposition because your belly will be filled with good stuff. That's AJ's. Head over Before you go over there, go to eatajs.com. So, uh, Todd Singer's on here. Uh, good evening to you too, sir. Um, yeah, Handel Jones is here. Love you too, brother. Um, Midwest Toker, boiler up, hammer down, Carl McNulty boiled. I don't know what that means, but anyway, there's a, the point is, you diehards are like me. You're thinking too much about this, so you all had to take a deep breath. But I, I promised, I, I didn't promise anything. I said I might get together with you guys on a quick cast, so why the heck not? Um, Handel knows I've been thinking about this quite a bit because Handel and I have been texting each other. At least yesterday, we were, we were texting until, what, midnight, 1 o'clock, Handel? Um, it, was, it was late. Um, and he and I are both, um, let's call us seasoned fans, right? You can see my face. You can't see his. Um, but uh, he's not a guy that hides from the public. Uh, but we're both, we're in a similar age group. We're, we're equally wise, let's say. We've been through a season or two of Purdue basketball and um, have some perspective on what we see. And I want to tell you guys what I'm seeing and what I'm thinking. Okay, so let's start out first with the, the situation, the, the nuts and bolts of what's going on. Purdue is up by a game and a half on Northwestern. Northwestern has a difficult schedule ahead, okay? They've got five more games. I think three of those five are road games. Um and so the reason I bring this up, of course, is the Big Ten Championship. So let's look at the immediate picture. Purdue is up by a game and a half on Northwestern, and then they're up by two and a half games on, um, or maybe just two games, on the next group. I think it's a cluster of three or four teams. I don't want to dig too much into this. And the reason I don't want to dig too much into it is none of that stuff is in Purdue's control. Right? So it's really not something that you should say, uh, we should worry a whole bunch about it. Purdue is in the position where they are absolutely in the driver's seat here. And you've heard the players, if you're like me and you listen to too many interviews and post-game comments and all that stuff, you've heard the players say, our goals are in front of us. And this is a little bit different to me than last year because the goal is now very attainable. The first goal is very attainable, and that's a Big Ten championship. But how do you get there after you've just lost three of your last four? And one comment Jay had I thought that was so 
fitting, so poignant was not that they lost. It's that at each point in each of those games, there was at least one four to five minute uh, stanza of the game, one four to five minute period of the game where Purdue looked either flustered or confused or out of sorts. And we've seen Purdue have bad halves. We talked about that before, and I talked about which halves were the bad halves. Um, some of you guys in the comments uh, a couple post games ago talked about that. IU was a bad half of basketball, right? The first, what, five, seven minutes were just chaos for Purdue. Purdue looked as bad as they've looked all season, both sides of the ball. Purdue got off of their rhythm. Purdue got away from what made them good. They had to scratch and claw back, made it a close game, lost. Whereas Northwestern, they had the game, right? They were playing their game. First half, pretty solid lead. They give up that lead, still in okay position. They fight back, and then they fall apart at the end. And Maryland... Let's not forget, with 14 minutes left, I believe, 14 minutes left, Purdue had an eight-point lead, and then everything went to hell. And it wasn't really, I mean, we can blame the, uh, not, I don't want to blame the Gillis technical foul. I don't want to do that, because I, I like the fact that he's got fire in him. And I'm going to talk to you about the importance of that fire here in a second. Okay. But Purdue looked completely disheveled, a wreck, rattled they were messed up for about four or five minutes in that game and it wasn't just the the gillis technical it was multiple things not going their way it's the fact that the system looked to fail them and i would argue the system didn't fail them they failed the system i think painter's idea his principles the things he puts together for this team generally work and i think the team trusts that even still they should after all purdue has four losses they have four losses right now, okay? And so I got, there's a guy that got after me at Twitter yesterday, and he said, I, I could almost hear him condescending in just the one line of, you guys are crazy, you're overreacting, this is just four losses. Well, you have to look at four losses in the context of how they happened. Purdue has four losses, and if they were equally spread out over a season, you'd say, okay, no big deal. If they were all close losses, like Purdue lost three games in a row last year, I think. No, two games in a row last year. Very at the end, we talked about this. I went back and I looked because somebody's comment on Twitter. Let me do this 2017 2018, the year that you had Haas and Vince Edwards and uh, Dakota Mathias, PJ Thompson. Um, that team had a three game losing streak in February to begin February, and it was two road games and a home game. Um, and they were all within, I think, three to four points. Okay. Wasn't a good thing at all. And that team, and I think Handel reminded me, this reminds him of that year. It feels a bit like that year. And all wasn't lost at that point. Purdue kind of duct taped it together, got ready, got into the tournament, Haas breaks his elbow, right? That's a bad, that's a bad potential bad byproduct of the way they're allowing Purdue to play right now, or way, the way they're allowing opponents to play. But Big Ten's not going to do much about this, okay? I, don't, I, I have heard crickets, and I've looked, and I am listening. Is the Big Ten going to sound off on what's going on, what's been going on at Purdue? No, they're not. And guess what? The Big Ten Network, if it feels like they're enjoying it, they are enjoying this. I, I thought about this. I was like, I, why, am, why am I bothered, worried, concerned 
surprised. Why am I surprised at all that the Big Ten Network isn't reveling in this? Number one, you have multiple people in studio, Revson being one of them, one of the big cheeses over there in studio. He's a Northwestern grad, and he wants Northwestern to be in this hunt. He wants to be in the fight. This is stuff that it goes back of almost 100 years, the last time Northwestern won a conference title in basketball. Okay? Ancient history. But bigger than that, I think those guys at Big Ten Network, those girls at Big Ten Network, the entire team, what they want is they want a fun story down the stretch. They don't give a damn about Purdue. And I have said this forever. Purdue is part of the conference, and the, the stories they really like are the nameplates, Michigan, Michigan State, Tom Izzo. That's the guy you can rally around. And the media does like Matt Painter. I completely agree with that. But Big Ten Network did not want Purdue to run away from this, away with this. A couple things have fallen against Purdue, and guess what's happening? This is Now they've got a storyline. It's getting close. But if Purdue handles their business the next two games, they are in tremendous shape. Tremendous shape. As you let the other dominoes kind of fall. If Northwestern gets on a tear then you got to win out, right? Got to win out. And I think Purdue should go into this four-game stretch thinking, let's try to win out. But how do you do it? How do you gather things? How do you circle the wagons? However you want to say it, how do you make things better? In my opinion, you guys who listen to me regularly, you know I'm not somebody who sits back and waits for things, not in my personal life. Some people do, some people don't. But I would be a person that would, I would be a person that would take action, okay? And how I would take action is quite simple. I would shuffle the starting lineup. Painter has said this all season. Sometimes guys don't play and sometimes guys sit on the bench, not because they're getting punished, but instead because they are, instead it's because the other guys need to get in there. He needs to do what's best for Purdue basketball at that moment. In my opinion, one of the best things he can do right now is possibly shield lawyer a bit from what's happening. If lawyers hit a wall, which it feels like he has hit a wall, I don't think you can say, you can even say, he hasn't hit a wall. Lawyer's hit a wall. He is not the, the productive player that he was from a couple weeks ago. Is he bad player? No. Is he doomed? No. But right now, other teams have figured out they are handling him exactly, exactly like Sasha last season. Teams figured out last season. If you take away Stefanovic from Purdue, all of a sudden the offense becomes just two guys, and you can handle two guys with double teams and helps. When it's three, it gets really, really difficult because now you're having to draw someone away from Purdue's big men. Last year, it was either Trey or Zach Eady. This year, it's just Eady, who's the, who's the guy who's the major threat. Okay, So Eady's numbers have gone down just a little bit, about 18 and 8 the last few games. Still pretty solid. No blame goes on Zach. Teams are, teams are handling Purdue. The second person who jumps in, Braden Smith, last game. But he had a bad game before. You need to have somebody else step up. But if you can take away Lawyer consistently, then, you, then you've accomplished something with Purdue and you've made it very difficult and somebody else has to step up outside of this group. So how have they done it? What's the mystery? How have they taken Lawyer out of the game? Well, moving picks, moving screens have done it. And taking the fight to Purdue has done it. When I say taking the fight, I mean playing a brand of basketball that really is demanding that players foul more, daring officials to blow the whistle, and they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. We can commission the Big Ten. You can hope you can write Coach Painter's office. You can write the Big Ten office directly. You're not going to get the answer you want to hear because they're not going to say anything. They're completely good with this product that's on the court. They're completely good with the fact that the Big Ten never wins national championships, hardly ever goes to the Final Four anymore, because everything is fine from a business standpoint. 
they're not going to change. This model started, this isn't new. Maryland, Iowa, Michigan State, IU, Northwestern have all followed a blueprint that works pretty well. And that is rough the other team up that's more talented. Rough the other team up, take them out of their rhythm, disrupt their offense, dare the officials to blow their whistles. Okay? Didn't work quite as well at home because, like I said, officials love a good party. And they don't, want, they don't want to be outside that party. By the way, again, people at Mackey Arena need to let the, the officials know how much you love them on Sunday. They better hear it all damn game. And I don't care which officials there. They're, part of, they're an emblem, in my opinion. Purdue fans should let the officials know that you got a problem with the way the game has been called the last few weeks. And if those guys have to take it back to their pseudo-bosses, remember, there's no supervision. These are independent contractors. Whatever you got to do, though. Let them know. And I don't feel sorry for them. They chose this line of work. They chose to be independent contractors. I've been an independent contractor for about 23 of my 27 years in my industry. Listen, there's advantages and disadvantages of being an independent contractor. Right now, the bigger thing they got to do is they got to go back to the person who signs their checks and tell them, hey, what are we doing wrong? Well, guess what? You're doing a lot wrong. The game is a mess because Dick Bennett started this back in 2000. He started playing a sloppy, muddy down in the dirt game where you're going to grab and hold and push and make moving picks and have your goons come in and throw high elbows. You're going to fling guys like Braden Smith if they dare to go in the lane and even look to block out. Check our Twitter feed if you, know, if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's going to happen. It's going to keep happening. So Purdue's got to do something to counter that because you can't say that it's going to change. The complaining does no good. I'm not saying you as fans. I'm saying Purdue as a team. So here's what I would do. I'd shuffle this lineup just a little bit. I'd protect Lawyer a little bit. Give him a chance to go against a guy who might be a little bit younger than 23, 24, 25 years old. That's another issue. I talked about that in the postgame. Lawyer and Smith are going up against men. Okay, And they are going up against guys night in, night out because of the stupid eligibility rules with the NCAA right now. Guys are playing a long time thanks to COVID, thanks to other factors. But you got to do something about it. So what I would do is I'd say we're going to put men on the court. If you're going to come at us with a physical brand of basketball and this is what we're going to expect, damn it, we're going to come back at you with a fist. And I mean that figuratively or maybe I mean it. you get crafty. You play tough. You play mean. And you let Purdue toughness again define the damn program. And here's how you do it. You put Gillis back in the lineup. And a lot of people are saying, we got 4,018 minutes. I want Gillis to go in there and do what he does. I'd unleash this guy. I would take him off the chain and say, you know what, you get in foul trouble. If you get too early, we're going to do the same thing we do as Purdue. We're going to pull you in and put the other guys in. And guess who we're going to put in? We're going to put in the normal starter. Do you see my point? If you get the two fouls, fine. Here comes Caleb first. Okay? So I would put Gillis back in the lineup. And that gives that gives first a chance to do what he's been so good at, which is you don't have to run the offense through him. You don't have to run it around him. He's just going to make points and he's going to do the little things. First has been solid. First is not being punished. But Gillis being in there is a counterpunch to what Purdue has been, what they've been doing to Purdue for the last month. Okay? So you had, so your starting lineup looked like this. Edie, of course. Gillis. Smith, Morton, and then Jenkins. And the reason I would put Jenkins again, I'm saying, do this so you say, we're going to physically counteract the things that have been done to Purdue. You refs aren't going to call it. You're going to let moving high screens, guys throwing their knee out, throwing elbows up at the top of the key. Well, we've got a guy who looks like he's built like a halfback, and he's old too. And guess what? Our 23, 24-year-old, we're going to come right back at you with one of ours. Is Jenkins the technician basketball-wise that lawyer is? No, he's not. He's not. 
Is Jenkins a pretty smart player? He is. And guess what he also is? He's a guy who understands duty. And he's done it for Purdue this season, and he can do it again. You put him here, and now you say, okay, you're going to your natural position. You're going to be out on the side. You're going to, you're, we're going to run action for you. You're going to get a chance to make, get looks. Let's see if it works. And if it doesn't work, guess what? Here comes the guy who's been starting the entire season. He's still there. He's doing well. He's had a chance to breathe, a, take a deep breath. And this time he gets to come in against your second best shooting guard on defense. I kind of like this idea. Okay, last one thing. I think I put a lot of content in here in these 16 minutes. You can let me know in the comments what you think if you think I'm just a windbag, but that's okay. I'm wound up regardless. Lastly, and I put this on Twitter and I want to ask the question. I think it's something just to think about. The top five this year has been, especially the top ranking, has been a bit of a revolving door, regardless of who you are in college basketball. And I thought right away, Kansas lost three games in a row. Kansas lost three games to three ranked teams, right? So it's a little different than what Purdue has gone with their losing three of four. Purdue's teams, only one was ranked. It's funny. Purdue loses. Everybody says on Twitter, Purdue sucks. Okay, great. Purdue sucks. Fine. Then why do you keep rushing the, the court on them? Why do you keep doing it? Oh, that little number. It's really special. It's really fun for the students. Okay, let's, let's just let's make up our mind. Either Purdue sucks or they don't. But regardless, you can't have it both ways. Okay? So let's just say Purdue's not very good. They're the, they're the, the worst 23-4 and four team in America. Wow. That's not a big deal. But so what are these, uh, these other teams that have gone through losing spells, losing skids? What does it mean for Purdue, and how can, can Purdue compare? Number one, Purdue's rankings, according to the algorithms, have not fallen very far. I think in the net they're sixth, and I think in Ken Palm they're fifth. Those are good indicators on what's going on, right? I think Purdue's ranking for, in the AP might fall a little bit more than that if they can't just clean Ohio State's clock, okay? I don't care, though. There's time to play. Get things righted. Don't worry about that. But Kansas had a three-game losing streak, and it hasn't been a fatal blow for them. UConn, though, on the other hand, they didn't lose three straight. I think they lost five straight, or maybe six out of seven, something like that. And they fell all the way out of the top 25. So which one is Purdue? Or are they someplace in between? I think they're someplace in between right now. Okay, Was Purdue the best team in the nation? Sure they were, because of everybody else losing, right? It kept happening. Was Purdue a runaway number one, a team that's going to just hold that ranking for the entire season? No. And if you watch college basketball, you could say, wow, Purdue's flawed. Purdue's flawed. Sure. So is everybody. Everybody's flawed. There's no um, classic um, Coach K Duke team in this NCAA college basketball uh, group. There's no UNLV team from, what, 1990 out there that is clearly the best team, the most talented team, five pros there. There's no Kentucky from... When was that? When they were 32-0 before losing to Wisconsin? That team doesn't exist in college basketball this year. So Purdue was a damn good team. But Purdue was flawed. And guess what? The flaws have shown, and now Purdue has a chance to rectify things and get some momentum before going into the tournament. Remember, Ohio State at Mackey. Then you wait six days. Then you've got IU at Mackey. Then you go to Cole Center to play Wisconsin. Tough one there. Tough road game there. They, that game will probably be a final score in the 40s. Maybe it'll be in the 20s just to make it awful. You know, I'm exaggerating. I hope you understand that. But don't put it past the, Wisconsin. Just slow that thing down and make it a slugfest. Remember, they've got goons for days, friends. And then finally, Illinois at home to end the season. Like I said a couple days ago, could they lose every game? Sure they could. Could they win every game? Sure they could. You win out, though, you'll probably be a number one seed, in my opinion. 
even if you lose early in the Big Ten tournament. So if I were Purdue, if I were Painter, control the things you can control. Don't worry about the rest of it. It's all going to be all right. It's all going to be all right. And Purdue fans, let's remember, we do this because of diversion, because life is difficult. All right? Enjoy this season. Purdue is way ahead of schedule. Regardless of what happens, this has been enjoyable. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Okay? I'm not a guy that, that is happy, happy, joy, joy about Purdue basketball. I hope you think that I'm giving you a straight take. I'm not telling you everything that I think about this team, though, right now, because I think it's too early to do it. There's still basketball to be played. But this has been a fun season regardless. I hope you take it for what it is. I've heard a lot of Purdue fans say I had to turn the game off. They're so frustrated at the officials, whatever. This has got to be a diversion. we got to handle it that way. So that's about it. A lot of, lot of people in the margins. I do appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, let's see. Zach, the Purdue fan, says, Boiler Dad is fire, fired up today. Damn right I am. I've been thinking about a lot of it, and I've been waiting to bring it to you. So I got one comment, one programming note. I don't know if I'm going to be able to give you an instant Post game, after the Ohio State game, I have a family thing I'm doing, um, but I will be with you with thoughts after that. Hopefully it's a resounding victory, and we can all revel in it together, but you'll have a couple hours. Go catch up on Brian Newbert's, and there's, there's so much good Purdue content out there. If you haven't listened to Newbert's postgame wrap-up, go listen to it now. And the reason I say that, I've been listening to Newbert for 20 years, and I've never heard him that honest about things that are on the periphery, meaning outside of Purdue's control than that. If you want to hear somebody get angry about officials, that's about as close as you're going to see as someone getting angry about the officials who's really level-headed. I'm not level-headed. I don't claim to be level-headed, but I've tried to keep it together. Newbert is level-headed, and he tells you how it is. He tells you what he saw, and he tells you that he thinks that this is pretty, pretty, pretty awful. Big Ten should be embarrassed about themselves. And they should be embarrassed ongoing to give Purdue this treatment over and over and over, year after year after year. This has gone back to since since Hammonds was here. Purdue's had a seven-footer getting the hell beaten out of him, and it's going to keep happening. Purdue fans, let's go. Let's cheer them on. These kids are likable. This is a great team. They're fun to watch. Hammer down. Hammer down. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great Saturday. A lot of things can happen just in one day for this Big Ten race. Who knows what we'll be talking. When we talk next time, who knows where Purdue will be. Maybe it'll be very, very close to clinching. We'll see. It's not in their control. God bless you. Hammer down.